0: Fun reminiscing with my youngest last night about some of the good old days as she called them. I used to get out into the back country of the Boundary Waters canoe area whenever I could. I'd often take our two youngest girls out for a few days where we could portage and paddle into some remote location where we wouldn't see anyone until we came out of the forest. But that required planning, preparation, and understanding that if we got into trouble, we were on our own. Oftentimes, the unknowns of the wilderness are things beyond our best preparations, though. Such was often the case as we explored areas where no other human contact was the norm. Bears, moose, storms, and an occasional Sasquatch slipping through the night shadows entertained our adrenal glands. Such times have provided a visible experience to boost our faith in an ever-present God. Too often, we were like those about whom it was said, there they were, in great fear, where no fear was. The disciples had a three-year crash course in learning how to handle a crisis, by faith alone. Oftentimes, what's important is not always making the right decisions, but learning how to trust God. But don't forget, it's something we learn how to do because it doesn't just happen. It takes experience with others, who have been there. Memories of everything from the harrowing experience to the hilarious seem to cement relationships that I'm concerned are being lost on this up-and-coming generation. I used to take groups of young people for week-long wilderness experiences where, on the first day, the girls were complaining about chipped fingernails and mosquito bites, but by the end were sorry they had to leave so soon. Hard challenges brought people together in relationship against common adversaries. Having an encounter with a moose in the wild is something that everyone wanted to experience, or they seriously didn't. But wildlife doesn't check our list of preferences like we're in a video game. One afternoon, my two girls and I were in the bay of a remote lake, fishing from the canoe. Soon I was fighting a northern pike into the boat. As I reached to grab it, the fish lunged and a barb from one of the treble hooks found my finger. With the fish trying to fiercely swim away, and my finger now being its only restraint, my ten- and twelve-year-old girls turned to watch the show. I don't remember how I got the fish in the bottom of the boat, but just after I cut the fishing lure from the northern's mouth, one of them shouted, What's that? With the rapala hanging from my finger, I turned to see a baby moose swimming near our canoe. That was cool, until its mama came in after it. There we were in great fear, where no fear was. It was kind of like a baseball game that day. Nothing's happening, nothing's happening, still nothing's happening, and then bam, everything's happening. As it turned out, we were able to just sit quietly and watch them pass. Then the attention turned to how I was going to get this hook out of my finger with no ER or clinic within hours of us. They still remember my white face. Then the snip of my pliers, cutting the hook's shank and pushing the barb the rest of the way through. Relationships based on adventure tend to build trust. We become vulnerable as others watch how we react when threatened. That's where we really find out what's in the heart, and a wilderness trip often brings that out. It sure showed what Old Testament Israel was like, and it showed the disciples what they were made of in the storm, and it also painted a clear picture of what God was really like. I had nicknames for all the kids that we used to take up north. There was G.A., and Squint, and Butterfly. G.A. saved my big toe from getting chomped off by a huge snapping turtle one day. Butterfly was casually casting towards seagulls that passed by our campsite on another day and actually reeled one in. Spooky L. was sitting on an open-air wooden biffy box one morning when a bear popped his head up no more than six feet from where he sat. There was nothing he could do. Squint and G.A. were in the lead canoe going down a ten-foot wide stream with a canopy of brush overhead when they were suddenly charged by a moose protecting its calf. It was a bluff, but made for an interesting story to say the least as the animal was close enough with feet stomping the water to splash the two boys. They pretended later like they weren't afraid, of course. In a world where we're trying to reverse socialism with facts, and moral problems with statistics, and racial dilemmas with media platforms, there's nothing like relationships honed in real life wilderness adventures to cause us to appreciate our lives together. It's been said that what people need more than anything is our love. And the best way to love people is to give ourselves to them, and the best way to give ourselves to them is by giving them our time together. I would suggest to you that nobody in Antifa today spent summers canoeing and camping with their fathers, and no one concerned today about their battles with prejudice spent time having their identity and value established around a campfire as a family. Oh, kids still have a lot of struggles with their personal esteem and dignity, but when there are good relationships to keep the lifeline strong, you have won the right to be heard as the years pass by. But yes, I can just hear my grown kid saying, you can't just tell somebody whose life is broken to just go sit at a campfire with someone. That's true. But there's got to be the unseen ingredient of having sat by the fire with Jesus. He had put the disciples through the ringer with all kinds of adventures, and the crucifixion really took the cake. Instead of a fishhook in his finger, uh, well, you know the story, he was crucified. This God who had raised dead people to life and told killer storms to just calm down was now heard to be alive three days after his death and his disciples were living with the tremendous guilt and fear that came from having denied him and fled. Furthermore, they demonstrated their unbelief in their darkest hours. Jesus, raising from the dead as he said he would, was just not in their wheelhouse for consideration. They were in great fear where no fear was. Then one day Jesus showed up while these men were fishing together, Through the morning fog, they saw someone cooking up some shore lunch. One of my pleasures on our canoe trips was pulling out the 24-inch pan and cooking meals for ten of us on a campfire. Serving people is one way of demonstrating something that reaches the heart. On this late morning, though, Jesus would use a meal surrounded by men in great fear and guilt to show them that no matter how they had failed him and no matter how far away they were, He would find them, and He would love them. It was on this day that He communicated to His disciples that nothing had changed in His heart towards them. They were still called to follow Him. Their very identity, value, and life purpose was not dependent upon their human shortcomings, but on His love for them. In my own family, We've had many phone calls about desperate times, even life-threatening illnesses, and a fair share of mistakes made by all. Even before we'd hung up the phone, my heart and mind were already out the door on all those calls and on the way to wherever they were. It's just the way love works. Jesus is alive in us and is communicated through us most often in ways where no Bible verse is recited. No lecture is given, and no moral of the story need be told. With nail-scarred hands and a wound in his side, Jesus would say to the disciples who came to him on the beach that day, Do you still love me? He knew they did, but he wanted them to come to grips with the fact that just because their faith had not overcome their fears, and just because they failed, didn't mean that they didn't love him still. They still believed in him, and he settled their conscience that day and basically said, Then go ahead and finish what you started. I know your heart, but I just wanted you to know it too. You are not a failure. One day while we were going down a rapids, one of the girls in another canoe started screaming for her life. Why did you bring us here? I can't do this. She was so scared when I came alongside her canoe and just said, Stand up and get out of the boat. It's only a foot deep, you know. So I'll just tell you what Jesus taught Peter in the storm. Get out of the boat and walk. He's gone on ahead and he knows exactly what to do in that place where you are right now. Get out of the boat. You're safe. God has a way of shaping all of our life experiences for our benefit. Hard things turn into stories of God's faithfulness. We miss so much when we fail to take the time to recognize his hand in each of our days. But always remember, his goal is making sure that when we end the race, we are safe.